You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple of Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. And this is a VHS podcast that looks at the box art trailers and behind the scenes. And we're getting into number three of our disaster films. Matt, what did we watch? We watched a movie that features Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator himself, versus the devil. We watched End of Days. December 31st, 1999. The end of a century. The end of a millennium. The beginning of the end. He's coming for you, Christine. Can you see him? Who are you? How do you know my name? (laughs) He's gonna find you, Christine. Get down on the ground. You don't know what you've done. You said here the guy spoke to you. Yeah, so what? The guy doesn't have a tongue. Listen to this. I've seen the earth laid to waste. Take it easy. You're the good guys. They tried to kill me. Why? She's been chosen. Chosen for what? If the Dark Angel consummates your flesh with this human body before midnight on New Year's Eve, then he unlocks the gate of hell. Ah! I've come for my wife, Christine. May God forgive us! Let her go. How can you expect to defeat me? When I am forever, and you are just a man. Just just like that, the 666 inverted is 1999, and that means it's the end of the world at Y2K. Oh man, I hope I just uh, can put some new metal playing right behind you. Like, <laughs> I do own this soundtrack, because of course I did at this time. <laughs> like, <laughs> It has everything I like on it. <laughs> to let everyone know, the trailers on this has the soundtrack. And as soon as it pops up, I, I think I see corn. But then Rob Zombie comes and go, yep, Matt, Matt's going to love this. Like, all it takes is a Rob Zombie song. And Matt's like, I'm good. Let's go. It takes a certain kind of movie to put a Rob Zombie song in it. And chances are... I'm going to like that movie. (laughs) Well, it takes a certain type of film to have a Rob Zombie song in it that isn't written, directed, and starring his wife. You know what I mean? Like, it's usually his films, maybe. but Right. But when you get one, like, before he started making films that has a song in it, I just think that's a small little sliver right there from, like, 95 to 2002. Was that his first movie? Uh, yeah, 2003. So yeah, pretty much that is because I'm thinking 
Valentine, this, Dracula 2000. I I have them all. I can just go dig through my soundtracks. <laughs> yeah. It's a small sliver right there. It's just Matt's time. Yes. This is golden years. I would I would say my, my coming of age years were very, yeah, the Y2K era, the Attitude Era, if you will, is my favorite era. Wow, it is the greatest time of wrestling. To be a wrestling fan, what, about 1998 to 2002? Yep, and I was a fan from 98 through 2001, so I lived lived the, the Attitude Era. And, and, and the Attitude Era is more than just wrestling. I feel like it comes out to the Rob Zombies and these kind of movies and the Marilyn Mansons and the South Parks and everything like that. It was a whole time of just this abrasive attitude, <laughs> like fuck you attitude that like media had. And it's my absolute favorite time to swim in uh, nostalgically. And it was, like I said, my coming of age era, you know, I was about to turn into a teenager and everything like that. So uh, it was good times. You know who else had a fuck you attitude? Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. Yeah, he's he's very uh, uh, we'll talk about it as we get more into the movie. But he has like almost this. Uh, I talked about it uh, when we were recording the other ones off air. Uh, the other disaster movies. This feels Shane Blackish a little bit. His character. Yeah, I thought you were right on with that. Like you, you hit the uh, bullseye with that one. This feels a little Shane Blackish. If I would have saw him on the script, I wouldn't have been surprised. Exactly. Yeah, you've got your hard-boiled kind of detective who hates everything and doesn't care about his life, devil-may-care attitude, drinks all the time, his family's gone. Uh, yeah, he's it's, it's right out of Last Boy Scout or something like that. <laughs> and he's trying really hard through that thick accent to like have these quick one-liners, but not his traditional one-liners, more of like his snarky one-liners. And I don't know if that's really the best way to use Arnold, but I appreciate him trying. I think he's great in this movie. I don't know if he's perfectly cast, but I think he's given it. You know, this is he's still kind of given a shit, you know, at this point. And not to say that Arnold ever really checked out or anything like that, but like he's not thinking about being a governor yet. So he's he's still like he's an actor, man. And I think he's good in this role, even if maybe this isn't a typical role for him. Yeah, he's trying. He always tries. He's a, you know, like one of these 110% guys. He's always been that type of actors. I mean, that's why him and Jim Cameron love each other so much because they're both insane uh, workaholics going all the way out. So, yeah, I, I just think like this one probably needed a different overall star and it would have been a little bit better. But that doesn't mean this film's bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think there was a better lead for this, but... I appreciate him trying. Yeah, it's almost just like interesting stunt casting. You know, it's against type a little bit for Arnold and it may not fully work, but I, I appreciate the choice to be like, OK, we're going to do something a little different with him. He's not just going to be the Terminator here. Yeah. And originally this was written for Tom Cruise. You know, uh, he went on to do like, what did he do? Magnolia? Was that during this yeah, time period? That was yeah. His time. Yeah. And that when he has like the long hair. Mm -hmm. Magnolia to Vanilla Sky, that era. Yeah. <laughs> There's like, I'm going to do my like trippy films. There's a helicopter scene in this movie, like an action stunt set piece where Arnold basically like is hanging from a helicopter while chasing a bad guy. And the bad guy falls and falls through like awning of a hotel. 
and Arnold has a big stunt and he like gets shot and he's almost you think he's dead but he's got a bulletproof vest on and all of that does feel very Tom Cruise like I could see him dangling from the end of a helicopter and you know that crazy motherfucker would be doing his own stunt too <laughs> yeah and one guy that I thought was nice to pair with him was Kevin uh, Pollock whose name in this film is credited as Chicago. I forget what his first name. I think they say it one time. But yeah, his uh, his partner cop doing the New York sarcastic funny guy thing. But, you know, still a little hard boiled as well, too. I'm wondering if they did that because he's he's quick witted. He's fast. Uh, he's very good at bouncing lines. And I'm wondering if they paired him with Arnold because this is, you know, Arnold's a little bit out of his element. It's not a little bit out of his element. He's out of his element. Yes. And, you know, you get a character actor like that so he can immediately bounce these lines back if Arnold's not succeeding with these snarky comebacks. And then you can have another guy who can, like, complete them or just make the audience forget if it didn't hit. You know what I mean? I I think they did that. and I think that was a good decision because I actually like them. Yeah, I like him in this movie. I think a character like this could get annoying and he never does. And I I think he has good chemistry with Arnold as well. So I think he was pretty well cast in this, actually. I mean, I've got a confession to make. Kevin Pollock's one of my favorite character actors, and I kind of don't know why. He's just so... Well, I do know why. He's entertaining. He entertains me. And like Arnold, he's always going to give 100%. Always. Now, the other guy in this, before we get into the front of this, Gabriel Burns are three men in this before we get to our lady. I'm up and down on Gabriel Burns. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes I'm meh on him. What do you, what, what's your opinion on Mr. Gabriel Burns? I, Gabriel Burns, like, like you were just talking about Kevin Pollock. He's kind of one of my favorite character actors. I just think he always delivers. Uh, I was like really happy to see him in hereditary a couple of years ago with Tom talked about that movie is because he has kind of this tenure in horror at this time when he did end of days, he was also in stigmata, which is another one that I think is kind of an underrated great horror movie from the Y2K era. I I just like him. I just think he brings it. Usual suspects, stuff like that. Like, he's a serviceable character actor. He does say yes a lot, so he is in some garbage, but I think he's in a lot of good stuff, and I think he's another one that just always kind of brings a good performance, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I've just seen him in a lot of stuff where he's kind of trying to still be the leading man. Uh, and then I think right now you're, you know, he's, he's the second fiddle, which is fine. Cause I loved him in the first season of Vikings. I thought he was amazing, but he wasn't the lead and he could just sit there and play this delicious asshole. And I think he does the same thing in this. This is why I like him in this. And I say I'm up and down on him because I don't like it when he's the leading man. I like it when he can take a bite out of a script and just keep chewing scenery. Yeah, he's got a lot of scenery to chew here. He's playing the devil and he is playing it sort of as this like Dracula-esque devil with, you know, sex and just gets whatever he wants. But like, you know, with a smile and everything like that. So he's got a lot of scenery to chew and he is not afraid to ham it up in this one. And it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I think the problem with this is they needed to go a little bit more cheesy with this because... Once you get the CG devil and shit in here, you're like, "Mm, I'm not really afraid of this. Looks like a video game. I think if they could have got just a little bit more 
ham, a little bit more, you know, a little bit more ham and cheese here. Nice ham and cheese, grilled cheese sandwich type thing. <laughs> uh, we could have had like a legendary horror film with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it where you're like, what the fuck is this? But I think at times this takes itself way too serious. And I think that's part of the problem of having Schwarzenegger in this and why it's not like in, you know, a, a higher status because a lot of people laugh at this film and it's because Arnold's kind of completely out of his element. And I know we're a little bit easier on some movies and you're, you know, you, you find the good out of almost anything except, you know, Marvel films. <laughs> I find, I find the good in the stuff that people talk shit about. And I talk shit about the stuff that everybody loves. That's my gimmick, I guess. <laughs> there you go. You got it. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose. I just, just the way my brain works. <laughs> you were just made to be an asshole. I was just made to be, put put everything on an even playing field in terms of media. That's all. <laughs> uh, that's how you know I'm a friend with you. I can call you an asshole and then laugh at you at the same time. Be like, exactly. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can call me a jerk anytime. If you if it warrants it, I'll call you out. <laughs> You're so nice. You didn't even do it there, and I set you up. No, uh, I'm, I got to save it for when it's necessary. <laughs> Okay, so maybe it'll be necessary after I botch up this VHS uh, cover. Let's uh, we got Schwarzenegger doesn't even have Arnold. Yeah, you don't need it. (laughs) So, but what if you're in the uh, video store and you're like walking down, you're like Schwarzenegger. There's another. (laughs) Don't worry, folks. They put his giant floating face on it. We're we're safe. It's still the '90s, baby. We got floating heads. Uh, And then end of days, which is not in fire surprised i mean there's fire below it so maybe they didn't want to overdo it but uh, i think when you have end of days it's got to be on fire come on folks like armageddon is that that exactly (laughs) but we can't compare anything to armageddon that's not fair (laughs) that's true but i get your point a cinematic masterpiece (laughs) (laughs) all right so he's looking at us very serious hasn't shaved in a while uh, by the way, big fan of Arnold not shaving. He looks good. I like yeah. the grizzled Arnold. Yeah, I know. I that's, I'm right there for it, ladies. What do you think? <laughs> okay, all right. Good to know. I listened, taking notes. Matt, what did they say? I can't hear them. <laughs> they were. Only, they can only hear me. I don't know. <laughs> oh, good. I thought I was just going deaf. <laughs> Okay, and then at the bottom, a nonstop action-packed thrill ride. Fox TV, no name. Yeah, the only the only difference between your VHS and my VHS is I've got the special edition, which I didn't. I don't think I did on purpose necessarily. They just flooded the Suncoast videos with these, uh, the Universal special edition. So it has the silver trim around it and says Universal special edition above the Schwarzenegger and End of Days. But that's the only difference. We have the same cover besides. Okay, flipping it over to the back. Let's see if yours is a little bit different at all here. I've got a quote, more chilling than Exorcist, dot, dot, dot. More haunting than The Sixth Sense. It will scare the hell out of you from Wireless Magazine. What? Who the fuck are you? (laughs) (laughs) I think Wireless was like a thing in this era because I feel like there are VHSs I have that have similar quotes to this. They're, you know, they're like a Peter Travers from uh, Rolling Stones. They always kind of say things about movies so they can get on the box. <laughs> well, I was never attached to Wireless Magazine. Hey-o. Hey, Roaming. 
practicing the dad jokes. <laughs> He's ready. By the time this episode's out, you're a dad. So yeah, yeah so I got to practice. <laughs> all right. Let's see here. Description here. Uh, all hell breaks loose when Arnold's Foskenaga battles the ultimate evil in this chilling supernatural action thriller. When a burnout former New York City cop named Jericho is assigned to security detail for a mysterious and foreboding stranger, Gabriel Burns. Byrne, I'm sorry, it's singular, Gabriel Byrne. Jericho thwarts an incredible assassination attempt. During his ensuing investigation, he and his partner, Kevin Pollock, saved the life of a beautiful and terrified Christian York, played by Robin Tunney, whose destiny involves death, the devil, and the fate of all mankind. Jesus, no pressure. <laughs> now it's up to Jericho to save the girl, the world, and his own soul as he comes face to face with his most powerful enemy ever. Exclamation point. Yep, it's two hours, three minutes, and in color. Can we stop getting these two-hour films? Armageddon? Fine, you can get away with it. But uh, come on, guys, this is just a, a Y2K film. Hour and 40 minutes tops. That's what I'm telling you. I agree with you, but I do think this movie moves. Fortunately for it. Yeah. I mean, I was able to just sit and watch it. Like I wasn't really checking the time or anything like that. I feel like I checked the time more probably during turbulence than I did this. And that was a whole 23 minutes shorter. So I don't know, maybe it's just me, but, and I've, I, I watch this movie all the time. So I, I didn't feel the runtime at all. I think you could have saved like an easy 10 minutes by getting rid of uh, his former, I don't know, uh, boss, detective lady, uh, excellent actress. Um, CCH Pounder. Yeah, CCH Pounder. I mean, she's fantastic, but she doesn't have anything to do in this. And the storyline goes nowhere and it's useless. There's 10 minutes right there. Yeah, I think she's just in it so that she could turn evil or whatever by the end, just like his partner eventually does. Spoilers. (laughs) Yeah, see, his partner, like you invested time in his partner. So when he turns, you're like, Oh, shit. But you kind of understand because he wants to be saved. When CCH Pounder turns, you're like, okay. It's like, okay, it's the captain. Sure. That makes sense. And then he kills them with ease. Because he's Arnold. (laughs) So what I'm assuming is this script is longer. I bet this script is like two and a half hours long at one point. And someone was like, "Uh, I know we got CCH Pounder, but we're going to have to cut some of these scenes because this is too long. Yeah, I'd be curious if there is sort of more stuff like that out there for this. But we kind of won't really know because this isn't one of those ones that has a ton of that kind of info out there. This is just one of those movies that kind of came and went and people didn't really talk about anymore. So we don't really know kind of any of the juicy behind the scenes stuff really on this one. No. Yeah. So if you come here for like all these juicy tidbits behind the scenes, we ain't got them. Did you hear that? That was that was everyone pressing stop. On the yeah, right. <laughs> everyone who just comes here for the trivia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do have some trivia. We'll be able to talk about the uh, special effects uh, train sequence because this special edition tape has the behind the scenes 10 minute thing after the movie. So there's that. There's a little behind the scenes. OK, well, I guess we should get on to the trailers. Yeah, we've got a lot, so let's burn through them because you got totally different ones than I do. All right, putting in that tape. Now available on video and DVD. Yeah, so mine comes up right away. I see DreamWorks and I'm like, what DreamWorks? And then I had to check the box. I was like, oh, no, no. So Universal did this movie that explains the DreamWorks trailer, which is Galaxy Quest. If anyone knows me, I fucking love this film. 
I've recently come around to it. I didn't like it before. Uh, I just I can't stand Tim Allen, and I know ne- I never could. The, even even pre crazy conservative Tim Allen, I just didn't, never thought he was funny. Uh, even at Home Improvement and stuff like that. But uh, that so that movie always kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. But I watched it again recently, and I really like it now. I think it's really funny and really cute. Yeah, see, I love Tim Allen from the '90s, and probably all the way up to like 2004 ish before Obama. No, wait, Obama's 2008. So it's about right there and below, because after that, he decided I'm coming after liberals. I don't know why, because, uh, you know, you're awesome before that. So why change? But whatever, whatever. That's him. That's his personal choice. I still enjoy his films. Pretty much everything from Tool Time all the way up to whatever the hell he's doing now. And I'm like, yeah, these jokes suck. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know what changed. I mean, he's totally entitled to his personal opinion, but like yeah. as soon as you go after, start attacking other people, then you're kind of a scumbag to me. So <laughs> you can attack. Like I find it hilarious when people make fun of liberals, but like South Park, there's got to be a balance where you're going to beat the shit out of both. Exactly. That that's what I. That's the kind of stuff I like. So yeah, Tim Allen doesn't do it for me but i do like galaxy quest now i'm glad i watched it again last year for the first time in a long time and i really liked it it's surprising how good the miniature work in that is and the uh practical effects are really top notch it's a really good sci-fi movie beyond just being like a spoof of those kind of things like it takes all that shit like the special effects seriously and that was kind of nice I think that's why they got such good actors in that film is because they read the script. and They're like, oh, this is actually really intelligent. Yeah. And and like I said, truly based in both like sci-fi and comedy. So it's it's good. It exists as of course, that's going to have like a fan legion and it, and it has a growing. You know, this is another kind of cult classic. Didn't do well in theaters, did really well on video. The director that is kind of cursed. We'll do that movie. I have that movie on VHS. We'll do. I promise you I'll have another sci-fi month and the selections will be a lot better than the shit I chose like two years ago. I don't even remember what oh, it was. I, I picked that one like French guy's film that did the six uh, or the fifth oh, element. Valerian Valerian and the thousand oh, yeah. planet of shit. I picked that. That is my fault. You've seen that and probably erased it from your mind. It's my fault. I, I have erased it from my mind, not because I had a miserable experience, but because the movie is just forgettable. <laughs> Sarah fell asleep on the couch next to us. That's amazing. I think I dozed off for like a minute. I think you did too. <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. Every time I hear someone, I know this is a side rant. Fuck it. We got to go on it. Every time I hear someone defend that film or say it's like underrated and it's actually really good. I look, I can't. I might have to end the friendship. I, I'm not friends with anyone who likes that film, but I'm just saying I, I would quit my job if I found out my boss liked it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Damn, the the hatred runs deep now uh, all these years later, and you're the one who picked it. <laughs> yeah. It's because it was boring. It's the worst fucking yep. offense. It's true. We always say that. like, and it, and it truly was because if two of us were dozing off while we were watching it. <laughs> So and and I was staying awake by pure hatred, <laughs> fueled fueled by a hatred of like this can't fucking get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number two, we already talked about it. The soundtrack. Fuck yeah, All the Rob Zombie songs, Corn and Everlast, so good. I own it. <laughs> you and my brothers always listening to the same shit. <laughs> and I'm now I'm 31 years old and I'm still li- exclusively listening to this era of music. <laughs> nice. 
Well, if you like something, stick with it. And the new stuff's all garbage, so. Or maybe that's just the old man in me. <laughs> yes, of course it is. Everything that I hear now, I'm like, it all sounds the same. That's all made, <laughs> it's all made from one of those boxes that music comes out of. Getting older. <laughs> Getting older. Uh, number three here, Bone Collector. Never saw it. I don't remember it. I think I've seen it. Can't remember it. I know some people really like it. Angelina Jolie and the man Denzel Washington. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a good cast. Serial killer thriller in the vein of like Seven and stuff like that. I probably would like it, but I just never saw it. Uh, number four here on mine is Man on the Moon, where Jim Carrey goes insane. The movie that broke Jim Carrey. And they even make a documentary about it. I need to see that still. The documentary. Oh, it's really good. I need to watch it. Uh, okay, what do you got on yours? So I've got, I've got five. I've got a montage for like their, I believe their special editions. And because it has like the Bone Collector, the Mummy, a couple other things that were just like out at that time. Uh, just a quick, you know, 30 second universal. This is our slate upcoming video slate or whatever montage it's cool it's very 99 covers all those movies with quick flashes then i get it there's another montage one for the first two jurassic park movies because they're being re-released on two vhs vhs's double tape vhs's collector's edition so get to see some jurassic park action i never had the the collector's edition like the two tapers i had the original single tapers so i don't know anything about these and then uh one of the the more interesting trailers on here that i thought was really cool and it's tied to the soundtrack is there's a trailer on this tape for rob zombie's house of a thousand corpses and you might be saying to yourself hey that didn't come out in 2000 hey universal didn't release that movie they were supposed to. They were supposed to put it out in 2001, I believe. And or maybe it was 2000. No, it might have been 2001. They were supposed to put it out in 2001. He shot it on the Universal backlot. Universal funded it and everything like that. And then when they received the movie, they were like, there's not a fucking chance in hell we're going to put this out. Um, and then that's why it eventually ended up going to Lionsgate in 2003. And, you know, finally was unleashed as the trailer advertises. But uh, yeah, it was cool to see this teaser trailer for House of a Thousand Corpses on here, just kind of knowing that history of that movie. And this teaser is all new footage, too. It's not footage from the movie like footage of like these uh guys in crazy gas masks like unearthing the corpses and it's a spooky little halloweeny feeling trailer that kind of is gets you in the mood for the movie but alas universal did not end up releasing it so kind of funny that it is here on this tape yeah and i think that's the film that they tried to sell to a lot of different places and settled losing money at Lionsgate. thank god they eventually got it out because it's one of my favorites of this time so uh, and it was cool. Lionsgate made a lot of money off the the home media on that. That's why we got Devil's Rejects, which again, think how we did. I also love that movie. So, well, if Rob Zombie would have been in the VHS era, he would have made a he just would have made a film a year. Absolutely, he had the perfect formula for that. You know, spend like three four million dollars, uh, and then I don't know, make twenty thirty million dollars on home v- uh, home rentals. I guarantee you, he just he would have been a VHS legend. He just came out in the wrong time. Yeah, just kind of came a little too late, you know, the d- d- at the end of kind of the DVD era even. So mm-hmm. he's he kind of f- flourished more in the streaming era. But yeah, there's no money to be made in that. So kind of unfortunate. But you're and you're right. We probably would have seen him do like a movie a year. I mean, it's tough. It's streaming stuff. 
It really is. I mean, even though we have more movies now than ever before, so someone's making money, I just don't know how. Yeah. Because everything I hear from small-time directors is like they can't even get deals, like three, four-picture deals anymore. They just don't exist. I've got I've got a movie on streaming. My movie's on Prime, and I make, you know, eight cents a month <laughs> on it, you know? so, so basically what we're going to make on YouTube... Exactly. If anyone out there wants to subscribe to us on YouTube, we are 100 subscribers away from monetizing our sites. So go there so we can make four cents a month. Yes. <laughs> uh, which we can't collect because you can't cash out until you make like $5 or something like that. <laughs> so we'll never see it anyway. See, luckily for us, we get a lot of time because like when I put up the, the making of these movies, like the Scream making of has no copyright law. The Twister making of no copyright. The Dante's Peak one finally got a copyright like after being up for over two years. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's so funny. You just never know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how to fucking navigate this streaming thing. That's why nobody's making money on it, because nobody knows how it works. Like, <laughs> Well, and I didn't even put those up to make money. I was just like, oh, I have it. Let's see what happens. Oh, they didn't block it. I'm good. Exactly. It, and all we want to do is share this stuff with the people. You know, we're not you're not trying to make money off of it. You're just extending the podcast for people. That's all. It's hard to get into people's ear. They might like us. They might hate us. Trust me, a lot of them do. Um. But, uh, you know, more out there. Anyway, uh, anything else? Yeah, just two quick 30-second uh, spots for Pitch Black and The Skulls. I liked Pitch Black a lot. Uh, the Skulls, no. Not my type of film. I have not seen The Skulls. Uh, I'm not big on Pitch Black, actually, but I do like the later ones. I like Chronicles of Riddick and Riddick. I like both of those. So you kind of need the first one, I guess. But it uh, wasn't really my thing when it came out. Oh, I loved Pitch Black and... Chronicles of Riddick was fun. I mean, none of them were as good as Ghost of Mars, but you know how it is. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost of Mars. I own it on VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. It gets worse every, every time, time I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I have now maybe seen it like four times in my life, and I'm like, God, it's worse than last time. <laughs> it's a god-awful piece of shit. It's like House of the Dead, almost. Almost as bad as House of the Dead. Not quite. House of the Dead has the watchability with crowd, you know, making fun of, drinking with it, smoking with it, whatever your thing is. Uh, that one, like, but Ghost of Mars, just, like, it's so perplexing because you can't even, like, play it with a crowd or drink to it or yell at it because you're just, like, you're just sitting there being like, what, what, what is happening? <laughs> it's that fucking bad. Yeah, it's a, it's a stinker. Yeah. Um, and of course, too, there is the soundtrack uh, commercial on this as well, because no matter what tape is being put out, they got to They got to advertise the end of day soundtrack. So that is on here, too. Let's get into this film. And now our feature presentation. All right, so uh, we're not going to go scene by scene because uh, fuck that. It's uh, too long. But I can tell you when Gabriel Burns turns from the, I don't know, dragon devil? Question mark. Uh, I don't know what this thing is. Anyway, uh, when he is, he's clearly a business guy meeting a friend and his wife. And then he comes out of the bathroom after having a seizure because the devil enters him. When he goes over and just kisses the girl and whips out a boob, I was like, whoa. Whoa, Gabriel. Jeez. <laughs> I love that. He's just like, he doesn't give a shit. And, it, and she's into it. She's like, okay, I like your uh, <laughs> forthcoming nature. Yeah, he's possessed by like that invisible floating devil that comes out. It's like the invisible hollow man. 
of the dragon, <laughs> a devil that it is. Did you notice people like moving out of its way on the crosswalk when it was like, you know, going across the streets of New York? I'm like, can they tell it's there? What? We can see it as an audience, so maybe they can see it. Well, I kind of figured it out. I know why they're moving out of the way. It's because someone's holding a camera walking by. They got to stop. <laughs> can you imagine that's a big ass camera. I I would I would think actually in New York they would just fucking not even look up. They would just just keep going. Because <laughs> so, one guy goes, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> like I guess that's exactly what his face is saying. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I don't. Those are extras. That's not a true New Yorker. A true New Yorker probably fucking wouldn't even give a shit. He'd be like, "Don't let it come near me," and I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. Kind of looked like a giant turtle in a trench coat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you going to Lagarde? <laughs> uh, that's pretty much my uh, entire New York accent right there from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. <laughs> uh, another note I got is a blender pizza. Mmm, that looks gross. You are looking very sharp this morning. Thanks. You're welcome. You have about five minutes to get ready. Here. There's enough caffeine in this to kill an elephant. How to get you started. So what's the day? Transport. Anyone special? No, just some Wall Street scumbag. How the hell does he need all this protection? Well, I guess he fucked with some people that didn't like being fucked with. Personally, I like scumbags. They pay better. breakfast is the most important meal of the day yeah arnold's diet is pretty horrendous in this movie <laughs> even though he's gigantic but breakfast is the most important meal of the day he tells us when he's grinding up a pizza so <laughs> yeah because that's when he meets his friend chicago and yep. you know we find out that they got a mission and i do like how he says scumbags pay better right there yeah i mean you get how like cynical he is right away yeah again this very shane black-esque burnt out former detective thing the train guy, I don't know who this character actor is, but he's awesome with like the white hair that are kind of like, I don't know. They're like not dreadlocks. But they're I don't know, whatever. It's that. Yeah, that 90s like separated and then bunned up kind of hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's like sort of in my brain one of the visual sort of representations of this movie, because I remember him being heavily featured in the trailer for this. And uh, so in my head, when I think of this movie, I think of that guy and he's only in that scene in the train, the one scene where she passes him and then the scene in the train when he like falls apart like a mannequin. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they didn't use him more because he was awesome looking and I have no idea who he is. But I think if for people that know this movie, it was an iconic performance. So like good for him. Yeah, I hope he went on and did other stuff, even though I can't remember him. <laughs> that scene where he does shatter is is like a 
this is a weird movie and that's like a really interesting sort of representation of kind of how weird this movie is like she's having these visions and she knows that she's you know linked to the devil or you know something somehow whatever and like yeah this guy just like she thinks he's asking for money and he just shatters in front of her on the train and it turns out to be a nightmare or whatever vision whatever but it's it's cool and it's weird it's odd it's like it's not the kind of stuff i was expecting to see the first time i saw this movie did you expect to see uh robin tunny side boob actually i think we got full boob quick quick uh yeah full boob uh not expecting that i actually always forget when i watch this movie I'm, yeah, so it's always I. like surprising that's exactly my thought i was like whoa 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 boob what, what's going on but then some dude's uh neck is slit in the bathtub and i'm immediately like oh god that's gross <laughs> party's over <laughs> uh, yeah i think i mean i think uh Robin Tunney is one of the most beautiful women of the 90s, so I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah, and she's still acting today. She's going strong. Good for her. I love her. I think she's great. The craft forever. Yeah, she's got the, she can act, and she's got a nice, like, unique look. So it's just like, damn, you get it all, don't you? So You know why? She's from Chicago. That's why. Yeah, that's right. There we go. We got a character named Chicago, and then we got someone from Chicago. We we breed them good here. <laughs> <laughs> Except we can't say French words. No. <laughs> Not and, everyone's and perfect. And every, everything I say sounds like it's coming out of my nose. So, you know. <laughs> eh, whatever. Take the good with the bad. We got good looking people, but the worst accent ever. <laughs> we also yell at each other from five feet away. Hey, what are you, what are you going? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is we're we're absolutely ridiculous here. Yeah. <laughs> don't visit Chicago. Please don't because we're tired of all. Well, okay, right now you can visit us for a while. We need to make some money, but then get the hell out. Yeah, we like our weird little if uh, it circles here. We don't want to expand or anything. <laughs> oh, let's see. Another note I got here is piss death. That was a fun one. Yeah. Gabriel Burns just peeing. His pee like just like follows us straight to uh, Chicago. Uh, <laughs> and then Kevin Pollock blows up and then a random cop, which I didn't even know the cop was parked there. I was just like, oh, I forgot about that. But Kevin Pollock does not die because he makes a deal with the devil in, when he's burning alive in the car to basically turn on his former partner, his buddy, Jericho, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he makes it. There's a there's another scene with the devil earlier on that uh, I got to point out. And it is the very taboo mother-daughter three-way scene, uh, which is oh, like... Oh, God, Yeah. Which is like a dream sequence, but still, like, did it happen? We don't know. Uh, basically, Gabriel Byrne goes to visit this guy's house, and his wife and daughter are there. Daughter's, like, college age or whatever, and, uh, the you know, the wife is there, too. And basically, he comes in and has sex with them, and, you know, more nudity in the movie. We'll take it. And they start to like fuse together as they're having sex, uh, the mother and the daughter. And it's very weird and it's kind of artsy and it's it's really interesting. And uh, it's it, it's just like a really twisted part of this movie because you're already doing the taboo thing with uh, them hooking up and then uh, having them kind of fuse together body horror like uh, was pretty it was a kind of interesting choice. 
Yeah, Screaming Mad George would be very offended by this because it's all CG. Yes, it is CG, but uh, he would be there with the slime and all the accompanying uh, sinew connective tissue that Screaming Mad George does so well. <laughs> I know, you should have brought him in for this and it would have been horrific. It would have been awesome. Yeah. But as it stands now with extremely dated CGI, it's still a pretty cool and wacky scene. So when the the preacher at the beginning becomes like a homeless man because he's watching over Robin Tunney's character, Christine, he cuts out his tongue. And one of the things I always find funny in these movies is like when they show, you know, like a tool that uh, someone had been cut with and they still have the blood on there as if it was done the day before. But then we find out he cut out his tongue like six months ago. And his tongue is perfectly preserved in a jar. What? Pickled tongue. <laughs> what? They always do that in the movies. They're like, they won't know that that's the weapon that they use. So we got to paint it with bright red blood. Like, no, no, you don't. Well, what you don't know is after you cut out your tongue, it starts to slowly grow back and you have to trim it to keep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. I know this know. because I trim my tongue regularly. <laughs> The more you know. Uh, the stepmom being strong as shit. <laughs> like, she's just throwing Arnold around. She's yeah. Like, you piece of shit. She's protecting Robin Tunney. She's like, you will not get to her, <laughs> Jericho. Just tossing him around like a doll. I love it. And then Gabriel Burns comes in and just goes, you had one job. And then pushes, like, glass right through her neck and killing her. Yeah, I, this that was is the, brutal. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the good thing. That right there is what Gabriel Burns is like made for, where he's just brutal, but he's just kind of charismatic at the exact same time. Yeah. And he's throughout this movie. He does that. And it works, man. He's good at it. Yeah, I love it. I truly love his like sick, twisted, straight face performance. It's a smirk. Not so yeah. straight face, but like, you know, with a smirk, with a kiss of a smirk. But like <laughs> it, it starts straight face and then he's like, meh. That was fun. <laughs> I'm going to walk off. So like he confronts Arnold right before his uh, friend Chicago comes back. And he's just like, listen, you know, the devil's a piece of shit or uh, sorry. God was a piece of shit. He let your wife die and everything. Me, on the other hand, I want to even the odds. Let me tell you something about him. He is the biggest underachiever of all time. He just did a good publicist. That's all. Something good happens. It's his will. Something bad happens. He moves in mysterious ways. You take that, that overblown press kit they call the Bible. You look for the answer in there. What did they tell you? Shit happens. <sighs> Please. He treated you like garbage. You walked away. I'm not the bad guy. What about the end of days? Think of it as a new beginning. A change of management. And you'll be right there with me on the ground floor. It will be so cool. I don't want to take over the earth. I just, you know... I want shit to be equal. And then Arnold's still at the same time, even though he could easily sell out and get his wife and child back. We know that shit never works out when you make a deal with the devil, but he could have with ease, but he resisted. Yeah. Don't trust the devil. You can't do it. I love uh, that. I don't know why this reminded me of it, but I also love the scene where Gabriel Byrne is accosted by the guy with the shirt. He's like he's got the Satan rules shirt or whatever. Oh yeah. And and the guy the guy's like, fuck you or whatever when the when he's like nice shirt and then he makes him get hit by a bus. (laughs) Oh yeah, and he like just 
bounces off the bus like it's a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so don't trust that guy for no. sure. So I think Arnold made the right call. <laughs> uh, one thing in this film I thought that would be more of like uh, something that would be featured uh, was when Arnold was, you know, on a cross. Yes. I I was surprised that people didn't complain about that, but no one seemed to give a shit. Yeah, this movie, I feel like, would have absolutely offended, I guess, Catholic or Christian communities or whatever, because they don't get painted very well because they're the ones that are hunting down. They're trying to kill Robin Tunney so that the Antichrist can't be born. So you've got killer priests. It's The devil's, like, featured heavily in it, and... Arnold's on a cross at some point. It's just, it does feel very sacrilegious and I'm really surprised they didn't come after it. But then at the same time, why do you think I like this movie? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. I I wonder if this movie was ever criticized by the Catholic Church at all. I I, I don't know. Maybe they just like, it's Arnold. We love him. Or or like everyone else, they just didn't see it. Even though this movie made money, it, it doubled its budget in the theater and it did decent on home video. I guess it just wasn't big enough. I guess when you have Arnold in a film, you you expect to like triple your budget. Right. It's like one of those things where it's like it's not a hit. It's or it's not like not a hit. It's a hit. You you like you said you doubled your money, but you there's this expectation there that it would be like the next big thing or maybe the next franchise or something like that and it just didn't become that. But yeah, I guess if people did see it, I don't know. That is a good question. I am I'm very surprised that it is not was not sort of t- taken offended by the priests and churches and stuff like that. But hey, whatever. It got by, and we got a cool movie out of it. So, <laughs> well, I'm offended how much these priests aren't ready for anything. They're just like the devil's here. Okay, well, we got some holy water. He can't walk into the. Oh God, he can't walk to the church. He's killing us all. They're just like. We're going to battle the devil. You guys didn't have any weapons. Even Arnold looked at him like they're fucking morons at one point. He's like, what are you guys going to do to it? Yeah, what's the plan? <laughs> We're going to pray. Oh, God. Thoughts and prayers. That shit don't work. We've known about the devil coming for about 300 years, but we don't really know what we're going to do when he gets here. <laughs> but we are going to complain about it the whole time. Yeah, th- I mean, this is pathetic. Come on, guys. You're Catholic preachers. You're good at hiding shit. I'm sure you could hide some guns and weaponry and explosives. Speaking of priests, this is our second Disaster Movie Month appearance of Mr. Udo Kier. You're right. And he just tells her, I know you're feeling very (laughs) upset. Just take a Xanax. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Udo Kier impression. You are welcome. Oh, we're all better for that now. <laughs> <laughs> Just take a Xanax. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. All right. It cures all, apparently. Peace. Uh, happy to see him here, even though he's, you know, just as useless as all these priests in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Rod Sturger, who's like the, the lead priest. Yes. Gets to New York and everything. God, I love this old, rough ass man. He's like, ah, fucking devil's here. Don't worry. We'll take care of him. I don't know how. <laughs> But you got to get out of here, Arnold. You can't help us. Leave. I think I think Rod Steiger's been playing a priest since Amityville. I don't <laughs> I don't think he has never not been a priest in movies after that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was in black and white films when there was no sound being a priest. I mean, he's just been here forever. 
Yes, and looked the same forever. Yeah. <laughs> always bitching, always complaining with that old raspy voice. Yes, he's great. You gotta get out of this house. Fucking flies. <laughs> <laughs> always chasing the devil, Stagger is. Yep. Him and his big bald head. All right, so we get to the end of this, and then we have a big CG dragon devil. We're tr- still trying to figure out what it is. Uh, Sarah pointed out a massive mistake in this because they blow up all the pews at the end, and then they the next cut over it shows the devil like throwing Arnold across a pew, and I'm, and she goes, oh, "Those were just blown up." I'm like, "Good job, Sarah. You found a mistake in the end of days. <laughs> uh, you can collect your prize never." If you blow up a pew in a church, they just, like a tongue, respawn. <laughs> it looks like, I wonder if, I, I don't know because I didn't do the research, but I wonder if Patrick Totopoulos had anything to do with it because he's the creature designer behind like the aliens in Independence Day and the 98 Godzilla. And they all, all the creatures that he designs all look like him with like long faces and pointed fe- like features, cheeks and chin and stuff like that. And so I'm curious if you worked on this because that's what it looks like. And it looks like a cross between that and the monster from The Relic, which is another movie that I fucking love from the same director. Uh, So I think that's what this dragon monster kind of looks like. Yeah, we should have done research on that. Oops. Yeah, but I don't I kind of like don't want to (laughs) know. I want to I want to just have the image in my head. Uh, Speaking of like The Relic, too. Peter Himes, who directed this movie, was on a fucking roll at this time. I mean, he, at, at least for movies that I'm a fan of, from 92 through 2005, he did Stay Tuned, which is amazing. Time Cop, which, come on, awesome. Sudden Death, pretty good. The Relic, I love it. This, I didn't see The Musketeer. And then he did A Sound of Thunder, which is like a pretty cool butterfly effect kind of sci-fi movie from 2005 that nobody saw but uh he was on a fucking roll with movies that i liked from that time oh he did the disney movie the musketeer oh no 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 2001 never mind what is this it's another musketeer adaptation i think universal put that one out yeah i didn't see it though it's not on any streaming thing so i will never see it (laughs) probably (laughs) it's got tim roth in it that's all i know nice besides the musketeer which i didn't see he had like five six movies in a row that i really really liked so peter himes good on you oh running scared uh that's the 86 one right yep that's i still haven't seen that i haven't seen it either should see that one day anyway uh i i saw the other running scared the paul walker one yeah the paul walker fucking weird ass one that i love i've never seen that one either but i've seen the the trailer and it does look very weird it's fucking bizarre (laughs) uh but time cop and sudden death i mean Sudden Death is a NHL masterpiece. Nothing like a, a Van Damme on a hockey rink kind of movie. <laughs> Goddamn right. I mean, he's always saving the day in Sudden Death. So, uh, yeah. So he uh, Arnold ends up dying. He sacrifices himself because the devil enters him. You know, it's it's fun. I like that they went with this. The The director pushed for it hard. He's like, I think Arnold should kill himself at the end. They didn't want that. They wanted Arnold to win and like take uh robin tunney as like i don't know his daughter kind of like ending because originally i think he was god was supposed to pull him off the sword and then he would go off living and he would forgive himself and be happy nope we're going uh depressing he's dead i like this ending i I prefer it i would rather he's he's such he's so done with life you know throughout the whole movie i I just don't think he would 
he, he wouldn't have any sort of, even though he would be taking care of Ron and Tony, he still wouldn't have that, like, will really to be alive. So, like, yeah, sacrifice yourself, be the hero, save the world. That's a way better way to go out than to force and fake him being just, like, happy at the end. No way. He was out being a workaholic, uh, not paying attention to his family. He wasn't there to protect him, so he protected her as well as he could, and it cost him his life, and it's kind of like the redemption. It's, it's. I mean, we've had this a thousand times. It works. Just keep it. And it, I think even though, like, Arnold has, you know, gone out in plenty of movies, like, I'm thinking of Terminator 2, but, like, it's still surprising, too. I mean, for a first-time viewer, you're not, you're, you're thinking that Arnold is just going to save the day and walk away, but, like, it was, it, first time I saw this movie, it was just kind of shocking to see him, like, bite it and for real die in the movie, so... It, it's it's a good little surprise for people, I think. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Maybe that's part of why people didn't like it because they're like, Arnold doesn't even live at the end. I don't know. I hope not because I think this ending is much better than the original ending. Good ending, solid ending, and it makes sense for the character. Exactly. So uh, anything else on this film before we go into the museum? I just, uh, if you see it and you come, especially if you come across a special edition tape uh, with like all these bonus things on it, I recommend this one, man. I really like this movie. I like this movie a whole lot. It's, it's different. It's maybe like you said, could have been a little even more successful if it embraced the cheesiness, but as kind of a serious kind of Y2K, still kind of fun action thriller devil movie. I think this is a kind of unique one, and I really, really like it. I think uh, I think it never will have a second life, but I do hope people kind of find it. I just don't think people are going to watch it uh, that much. I lightly recommend it just because it's Arnold doing something different. But this is missing a couple big parts in it. And like I said, it needs to have more ham, more ham and cheese in it. Uh, there's something missing in this. It's just, you know, we did so many of these Catholic stories that came back in the mid to late 90s. I just think it kind of gets covered up and there's there's something missing. We need that big scene and this doesn't have it. I, as somebody who really likes this, I would do a double feature of this in Stigmata. No, see, Stigmata's got it. Boom. Yeah, Stigmata's a fucking banger. That movie's awesome. <laughs> like, I don't even like fucking Catholic movies, but Stigmata, I'm like, ooh, that's a good one hate catholic movies usually but for whatever reason i like these two a whole lot and maybe it's gabriel Byrne, maybe it's just that they're kind of crazy wacky movies but uh i think that would make a great double feature especially like a vhs double feature just bask in the y2k-ness of it yeah for sure right on let's go to the museum this is the second time i've had to reclaim my property from you that belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we go out in the film jungle like Indy and bring something back to our disaster wing of the museum. I think I went first last week, so I'm going to let you go first. There's a lot I like in this movie, obviously. It's hard to kind of pinpoint what it is. The thing that I think is strong, the strongest about this movie is that it's weird. So my brain goes to like the scenes like the three-way sex scene or... Gabriel Burr making the guy get hit by the bus. But uh, I think I just have to go with sort of the devil in general here. I, I actually kind of like the dragon design too. I, I wish it wasn't CGI because the CGI is super dated. But uh, I'm putting the whole devil in here because there's so much cool stuff that comes from this character in this movie. 
Yeah, I wish the devil would have had the same special effects of like Ghostbusters, you know, like the library. Yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, lights and fans yeah. kind of look. Something yeah. like that. That even looks better than what was Ghostbusters 85? 84. That holds up so much better than this 1999 film. Come on, guys. Ah, CG. Oh, well, 90 CG, the worst. That's like what we used to hang our hats on at the beginning. Uh, of this when we first started this podcast just like the 90s cg sucks <laughs> yeah who he said uh doesn't hold up a that phrase quite a lot at the beginning of this podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think what i'm gonna put in i really liked arnold on the cross i was really kind of shocked by that moment not because seeing someone in a crucifix is shocking it's just arnold on a crucifix in an alley and I've never heard anyone talk about it. I was like, holy shit, that seems kind of fucked up. No one cares? Nope. Okay. I do. I think it's cool. It's a nice button-pushing moment. Yeah, and yeah, and I think it's a vulnerable spot for Arnold to be in. He's Arnold Superstar, 1999. Everybody knows his name. He doesn't even need his first name above the title here. And to have him be in such a position like that, it is kind of interesting. All right, that'll end it this week for our disaster film number three, End of Days. Yeah, the the only thing I was going to add to it is uh, if, you, if you got the special edition afterwards, after the movie... You get a little making of the on the train crash sequence. There's a scene where they're running away from the devil and it's all on a, of course, New York City train and they run him over and he's all fucked up and the makeup looks really great on him. But they did this whole thing with miniatures and they recreated everything perfectly. Everything looks like identical. They're really cool miniatures. It's like a 10 minute little making of thing, but it's really, really cool to see kind of these guys working at their craft because all this stuff looks so amazing. The miniature work. So, and it's cool to watch miniatures get blown up too. <laughs> so. Yep. That'll end it this week for our disaster month. Uh, well, we might come back for one more. It depends because we are recording these in advance. I'm having a baby. We're going to see. We're going to see how this plays out. But yes, hopefully we get a fourth one. Not promising anything. But I can promise you, you will make Matt and I very happy if you go to iTunes or anything and rate and review us and give us five stars. I mean, hopefully five stars because we are lagging on that. We don't talk about it much. It's our faults. We just don't like to do this. But it helps. It, it makes us go higher on the list. It helps people find, you know, to see it that may not have heard of it before. So beyond that, obviously, that's the most important to get that out there, but also to word of mouth helps. So tell people about the podcast, especially if they are into this kind of stuff, even if they're not into VHSs, we're about nostalgia and who doesn't like nostalgia. So please rate, review us. That helps so much and tell people about us. Yes. Tell all these old people that hate new CG and they like that old, you know, practical effects. We're perfect for them. We just got to get, uh, you know, a couple guys who are like, get that ball off of my yawn. That's the kind <laughs> of people that we should attract. Yes. So, yeah, we know you're out there. So, because <laughs> uh, as we get older and these movies get older, of course, everybody's going to be fucking grandpa who hates, uh, <laughs> if you're a movie fan, who hates all the new stuff. So, yeah, please come check us out and be nostalgic with us. Uh, even even if we're taking a quick break for a little while. <laughs> I promise not too long because my kid will probably sleep through anything just like his dad. Nice. Nice. <laughs> 
but yeah, no, this is this is exciting. I'm really excited for you and the baby. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, going to get him in a lot of nostalgia crap until he can make up his own decisions. But until then, it's all his dad's decision. You're going to be in a lot of... Nin- Someone gave us a uh, old school Ninja Turtles onesie, and it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. That's amazing. This kid's going to grow up like you. He's going to grow up on VHSs, <laughs> Ninja Turtles, 80s toys. Like... <laughs> Dad, why is the screen all snowy? Because that's the way it's meant to be, son. <laughs> Ushering in a new generation of nerds. <laughs> all right, that'll end it this week. So remember to be kind. And rewind.